Welcome to episode 151 of Court Set Indiana podcast. I'm Jim Reamer, joined again by Kyler Staley. Kyler, we wrapped up the fall league. We did. Sad. You know, I do enjoy it. There's, as much as I enjoy it, there, there, there comes a point. It's like, like no other. I mean, it's the same with the school season. The school season leads to AAU. AAU leads to, like, rest and relaxation. And then rest and relaxation gives way to getting ready for the fall league and going around to college practices. And, and then when it ends, it means it's game time. And, you know, it means we're ready for high school season to start. College games are upon us. Butler had a scrimmage over the weekend. Uh, had planned on going Saturday, but did not. Uh, ended up <laughs> ended up spending time with a family member, my grandmother, and um, um, you know, taking care of that stuff. And anyway, we um, looking for definitely looking forward to the start of games. Butler should be pretty good. Indiana should be pretty good. Indiana should be really good. Yep, they should be. I watched uh, them on Saturday. Purdue should should be probably better than what most people think. I don't know how Trey Kaufman's doing, but I think Braden Smith is going to make an immediate impact in that team. And if if nothing else, he'll get the ball where it needs to be, and, and do so in a in a mistake free way. And the more comfortable he is, the, the obviously the the more he's able to shoot. I think he's going to probably be the best point guard they've had there in a while. Could be, yeah. I mean, I can't think of. I mean, other than maybe was Jaden Ivy was he a point guard? No, I consider him as one. No, I don't know that they really had a point guard. I mean, we, I don't know. There was once I can't remember if I wrote it or I, we were talking about it here. I, you know, I don't think Purdue had a point guard. I don't know that even Eric Hunter. I think Eric Hunter had to play the position, mm-hmm. and Eric's the kind of player that will do what you need to do to to win games. I don't know that I've ever viewed him as a natural point guard. Um, obviously at Tenley, he could get away with it most times on their schedule because there was just there was nobody that was, you know, there weren't a whole lot of players quick enough to stay in front of him. But in college there was, and I think there's times there were times where he had issues with quickness, physicality. But at the same time, I just never have thought that was his natural position. Yeah, um, I can see. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. And Ivy certainly initiated offense. They both did. But I don't I don't view Ivy as a a facilitator. Um definitely no, not you, the NBA level. No, and if you play I mean, well, he probably will average more assists at the NBA level than he did at Purdue, just because the space and mm-hmm. and I think he and Kate Cunningham are gonna be a really good duo together. Yeah. Yeah, I see Kate as more of the facilitator in that kind of he, offense. Definitely. I mean, he is definitely their primary ball handler. Um but Jade, I mean, Ivy's already had some good assist games so far. And I thought he looked pretty decent in the preseason, too. But that's hard to tell sometimes. You don't always know who they're going up against. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, I think Braden Smith will probably be the best pure passer they've had in a while. Other than maybe <laughs> other than maybe Williams, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, that's big, easily. I mean, you know, and I'm surprised he doesn't have an NBA team. Yeah, Williams. Yeah. I, I was wrong on that. I I thought he would have been a a steal in the second round. Yeah, just you know, a role player type of you know, maybe an unsigned free agent who just kind of figured out a way to make a roster, like a yeah. 
crappy roster at least, maybe like a Spurs or something like that. Yeah, they're doing pretty well though. I know. I saw the record today. All those teams, <laughs> ta- all those teams are supposed to be tanking or winning games. So I don't know what yeah. the hell to make of it. <laughs> but no, I think college basketball should be fun. I'd be curious to see what Mike Lewis does his first year at Ball State. I don't know much about the MAC, what 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 they've got back as a whole. I think Ball State feels pretty good about what they've got there, especially with Peyton Sparks. But I mean, we how we could do a whole podcast on just previewing the college stuff, but it's not our mo. Other than chit chatting about at the beginning. Uh, so the fall league was a, was a success yesterday. I thought we had good crowd. We had really tight games, especially the finals. Yeah. Um, the, the way we've got it set up, the three games in one day is tough. I know we had one game what, that ended early. Yeah, both during teams your were, uh, championship game. Yeah, both teams were suffering. We're having some cramping issues. So I think they just played what they just did. They played just a little bit into the second half, or they did they quit at halftime. So what I saw, um, honestly, I thought it was before halftime, really. really? Um, yeah. So th- while your game's going on in the other gym, I was kind of walking around, watching back and forth. I go on one side of the um, building, come back, and then I see kind of the refs kind of like calling it off, and like there's a lot of chit chatter going on. And I just asked the refs at the end of it, I was like, "What happened there?" And they said one of the teams, the team that Kamari Jones was on. Um, that team had just played a back-to-back or something. Um, and they were cramping up very, very bad. So they were just like, all right, yeah, we'll just, we'll just call it. So that's what they did. The more body fat you had, the less you cramp. So (laughs) that's a fun fact. I didn't know. And and Kamari has no body fat. (laughs) So he's, see, I don't think he was the one that was cramping. Oh, really? I was going to say he was, he's as lean as it gets. I could see him cramping up really well. I mean, he's, he was good in the league. That's for sure. Yeah, definitely one of the top players. Uh, yeah, these last Western Carolina is going to is getting themselves a good one there. Yes, they are. That's going to steal. Yeah, it's, I think that I think that is. I think he's. We've we've talked about that before. He could be a guy. You hate to talk in these terms, but this is the way it is. He could be a guy that transfers up, and people wonder what the heck why why the heck he wasn't recruited at that level to begin with. So, and I, you know, it's it's unfortunate for Western Carolina to talk about it in those those fashions, but. College coaches for a year have spent their time over recruiting kids as soon as kids committed. So I think we, it's okay if we talk about it in this way. <laughs> They're big boys. Plus, we're just a podcast on high school basketball. Right. All right. Well, speaking of recruiting, let's get some updates. Not a busy, not a busy week, although we did have one. Finally, we get one right before we record as opposed to right after we record. We'll get to that in a minute. Uh, Fola Fayemi, a uh, – Forward, senior forward from uh, from Culver Academy, picked up an offer from Davenport. Davenport actually scrimmages Butler tonight, I believe. No, tomorrow. Tomorrow. Ethan McComb from Center Grove, an outstanding shooter, picked up an offer from Grace. He's also a senior. And Austin Willoughby picked up an offer. He's a senior forward from Whiteland, picked up an offer from DePaul. And then one, we had two commitments, although one of them is just showing on the update that I sent you, Cooper Farrell. From Culver Academy, senior committed to Bentley, Division II school. Where is Bentley? Is that in the uh, like New York area? Let's check it out. Bentley men's basketball. I think it's East. And then, then one that happened today: Preston Roberts from Noblesville committed to IU Kokomo, which has been a very, which has been a pretty successful NAI program. Under Eric Echelbarger. Yes, they that's have. A, that's a that's good spot for press. It's a great, it's a great get for them. 
Um, I, I think I think Preston was vastly under recruited. I got I three agree. phone call or three text messages immediately from Division two coaches, and and two of them, my response was, "Well, you did. You, you, where the hell were you? You know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Where, where were you? I mean." Yeah, you, you might. T- I hate to use the word wait. You might tell a kid to wait if you got some things in the hopper, but I don't know. Preston would have been a kid that I would have pushed a, a post grade year, and we we talked about it. He just didn't want to, and, and and I'm surprised that he worried about staying. He he did like staying a little closer to home. I thought he would have headed down south or at least entertained it in a minute. And Bentley yeah. is in Massachusetts, by the way. Okay. Waltham, Massachusetts. Was... So you were you were pretty close. You were at least yeah, I thought so. Northeast, so you were good. You were good there. The reason why I, I thought that is because from talking to Cooper's dad, like they had done, like I think towards the end of the summer they had done like a uh, like a tour, like a mm-hmm. bunch of visits and stuff that they knocked out at once, and I think that's kind of where they went through and everything. So that was just a wild guess on my end. Yeah, his, his dad played football at Indiana. Yes, and Cooper, I think. Had it, dabbed a little bit at playing at playing football and, and staying with football as a quarterback, but I think he was clear he, he liked basketball better. And then from from there, it was just continually to improve his skill. I mean, he's been. I mean, he was six four as a seventh grader. <laughs> Big I mean, kid, was, yeah, and he just I mean, he kind of figured he was kind of top off, not much bigger than that, but six five, maybe six six, has improved his shot. And he'll do well there, and um, he'll have an opportunity to do well there, and he'll get a great education. Yes, he will. I know that, I know that was that was the priority with that family. Yes, that was the yep. priority with that family. I mean, they would go to Wabash or DePaul before they would pick a subpar scholarship <laughs> situation. Yes, they would, and, uh, and they could afford it. Yes, they, yes, they can. They could, they could <laughs> afford it, but but yeah, they would have definitely. I mean, yeah, Cooper would have gone to a school like that before going to a subpar academic situation. I don't know what that means. I mean, I don't, you know, I don't know where, what the dividing line there is between good enough and not good enough, but uh, it's, you know, his sisters went to Indiana, so it's not like it's a public school versus private school thing. Right. Cooper's a real smart kid as well, both on and off the yep. floor. Absolutely. All right, man. Final week of the fall league. We lost by three in the championship game. It's a one possession game. The final five minutes, back and forth. I got warned by the officials. <laughs> Not really warned. I don't know. It was, it was good. I mean, it was it was a fun game. I, I like playing that team. I like playing teams that are well coached. Um, Aaron Spalding is the head coach of Eastern Hancock. His twin sons are their best players at Eastern. They're going to be very good. They got the semi-state this year, or at least the regional final. I'd have to look it up to to confirm which, but I believe they got the semi-state this year at 2A, losing to Providence, who went on to win a state championship at the 2A level. So we had some of the top players in the in those teams. Providence was represented by their probably their three best or three of their best four returning players. No, the, two of their best three returning players and then a transfer from Louisville Trinity. Um, in in um, Hovan, Lovin, Lovin. Gosh, I th- I think that's it. Yeah. I'm not entirely for sure on that one, but that sounds uh, right. Let me look that up. 
Hey, Vance's team. Lovan with an L. Noah Lovan from Prop. He he was okay. he lives in Indiana. <laughs> went to Trinity. Went to uh, Louisville Trinity and transferred to Providence this year. So he's going to be a big addition for them. And as always, of course, Casey Kalen is is probably going to still end up being their go to guy in big moments. But but Eastern Hancock, I mean, they return just about everybody as well, including the Spalding twins and and Silas was outstanding against us. Um, he's, um, super aggressive and, and was, was, was physical. He was playing with a physicality I hadn't seen in him yet. And we kind of thought maybe he was creating, thought he was displacing defenders. And, and as much as I was getting on the referees to make that call, I was also getting our guys to get a little tougher. <laughs> um, they, they'd probably beat him in the weight room, but he was getting to where he needed to get. And they were they were good, and they hit shots, and and we didn't. Uh, Jermaine Coleman, Dylan Moles tried to bring us back. Keon Miller hit some big shots. Preston Roberts was shooting passing gaps, maybe a, a little too aggressively every now and then. Uh, but it was it was a fun game, and it was down to the wire. We had one shot with one point eight seconds, and and didn't get it, and fouled, and with point four, and had a heave at the buzzer and of course it came nowhere close to going in so Aaron coach Aaron Spaulding's team won the um they, they won the top bracket of the fall league so that's I to me that's what I consider the the champs of the league but um uh, but we had a lot of good games and we had a lot of good teams that won we'll, we'll touch on a little bit of all of them I think and but we'll also start with guys that you like let's let's get to a couple guys that you liked and I think I'm probably going to talk a little bit about the guys that we played with a handful of guys that I saw in the other final four games. Uh, yeah. But, but I, I definitely want to, you know, definitely, I know you got a chance to watch different games than I did. And... Yeah. Um, obviously, yeah, I was busy uh, coaching my own team. And then, of yeah, course, that's right. you know, running. You got the stuff, championship. So. We both lost the championship game. By one possession. Uh, yeah. I just put that together. Man, it was tough. I mean, both really fun games, though. Both really good ones. Um, my team just, you know, I think the team that we were playing against uh, was just a little bit more athletic than us. Um, they were able to make a little bit more plays around the rim than we could. Um, I thought we out-rebounded them maybe. Um, but, I mean, my kids fought really hard. I will say that. And I, that's why I told them afterwards and stuff. It's like, no matter what, we uh, we may not have won everything, but, you know, the, my kids competed like crazy. Um, Cole Henry, Trent Bowles. Um, Drew Voles, eighth grader, um, was mm -hmm. a big became a big fan of him, and I'm looking forward to seeing him at the high school level um, here in the next few years. So, um, really proud of those guys and everything, and I think all of them are going to be some under the radar players um, moving forward. So, um, but as far as other players that I saw, um, one kid that really stood out to me was a 2026 point guard um, from Bishop Chatard, um, Ethan Roseman, um, mm -hmm. coach's son. Um, scores in bunches, you know, I saw him at the prep hoops freshman showcase a while back ago and pretty much the exact same thing I saw from there. I mean, his mid range game is rock solid. Um, he can just score, score in bunches. Like I said, you know, he's got a high basketball IQ and I, I think, um, I think going into this year, I think right away, he's going to be a contributor, um, for a uh, Bishop. So, um, I'm, I really like his game. Um, he's got great size already. I think, you know, I think he's still going to grow a little bit more. Um, but you know, I think he's going to be a, a, a top 2026 before it's all said and done. That all coach Aldridge's team, that's they're, they're a lot of those guys play AAU together. So they, they had a little bit of an advantage. I was impressed with how they played 
Coach Porath's team. Coach Porath's team made up of a lot of West West Suburb kids, Brownsburg, Danville area. Uh, and obviously the, the big name they had was Cannon Catchings. And he he had some really good moments in the league, but but they were Aldridge was a group of freshmen, so they were playing a couple of years up at this point. You know, they they were in a pool. The pool they were in, I think we threw a couple of sophomore groups at them. Uh, they they wanted to play. You know, sometimes it's it's tough. Teams want to play up. Players want to play up. They want you know their their justification is is we want the best competition we can get. But then, you know, I got to throw back at them sometimes as well. These seniors want the best competition they can get too. And when you're seniors, you don't care about freshmen. Right. I always tell a story when Yogi Ferrell was a freshman. It, it was a much it was a much smaller league back then. It was an invitation only league back then, and he played. He played all four years, and but his freshman year, no one, everybody knew who he was, and no one cared. In fact, it was the opposite. They they wanted to put him down, like they wanted to put not and not just him, other freshmen too. No different the year before when when Marcus Teague was a freshman. And, you know, those guys, they just didn't care. Ron Patterson was in it that year. I think Ron played his freshman year. I know he played his other three years. But Yogi, I mean, no one cared. You know, there was no – no one was in awe. No, You know, they and they wanted to know, like, why are we playing against a freshman? So, <laughs> it's, you know, of course, you know, back then, the league, the primary part of the league was it was small enough that we just were – we were inviting kids to watch from, from a recruiting standpoint. and it started to grow more. It started to really grow when high school coaches were calling to get kids in. And, and that's, that's what changed the trajectory of the league. And, and it's gotten to the point now where I usually protect about anywhere from two to four pools, depending on, you know, the number of, you know, varsity Cal, you know, the number of really good, you know, elite level players that we've got. And mm-hmm. you know, we, we had a good group of freshmen and two of the teams did really well. Aldridge's team did well. Uh, in their bracket and and the team that you guys lost to in the championship game of your bracket was also a team full of freshmen. And, and, you know, that's that, that freshman class might not have the big names that the sophomore class has, but they've got a lot of depth. They do. Could be a 2023 uh, type of class. Yeah, it could be. Uh, it, it could be. And, and it's, you know, identifying who might be high majors, I think, has some time to come. Obviously, Stephen Reynolds up at South Bend, Washington, is is probably regarded at least at this point as the best player in that class. Uh, and we've talked about it a little bit uh, in an earlier podcast. But but those those guys showed up well. I you know they 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 probably you know they promised they would run the table. <laughs> that didn't happen. Uh, but but at the same time, they did they did very well. They got in the silver bracket. And they, they won their bracket and they beat, they were ahead of coach Jones's team with Kamari Jones and Dijon Craig. That was a good group. And you know, that group was, that was the game that ended early with cramping. So I, I was, it was good that at least both teams agreed that that was something that could happen. Cause um, sometimes that, that stuff can get, well, at least, at least it was the team behind by four. It was a four point game. So it wasn't a blowout. It was, it was obviously genuine concern for players and just, it, it does make a long day playing three games in a day. Especially when you just got six guys. Who else? I, I like Cole Henry on your team. Yeah. Yeah. Do we can talk about Cole. Do we think he can develop more perimeter skill? I think so. I, you I mean, know, he, he shows flashes. Look, yeah. He was looking like he was 
handling the ball a little bit more than what I saw the first week of the league. Yeah, and that's kind of where I kind of what I told him honestly. Um, his only problem was that when I really needed him to play more posts, I mean, he would want to stick out in the wing and shoot a little bit more. But I mean, that's just the type of big man. That's kind of what they do now. But once he gets once he started flashing to the post, um, doing hard cuts to the rim and everything, that's when he was making his money. But I mean, I'm a big fan of Cole. Um, I love coaching him. He's got an excellent motor. Um, a lot of, I would say some raw skill right now, but I mean, and he also probably needs to hit the weight room just a little bit more to have some more size, but man, he's strong as an ox. I'll tell you that as well. But, uh, he, uh, he, he's got a lot of potential. I think his ceiling's pretty high and everything. And if he develops more con- consistent outside jumper, he can be a legit stretch four in the class. Yeah. That's, I viewed him as a four who's skilled, who could maybe play his way down to being a three. Oh yeah. But definitely a skilled four. But yeah, I, I yeah. really liked him, and and um, you know it was a good group. I, it, I mean, I like little group. Yeah. Anybody that anybody that got played deep into Saturday or deep into Sunday night yesterday was, if nothing else, playing their best basketball of the, of the league. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we, uh, we we had an easier because uh, we had a buy. We had we had an easier game because we were playing a team that just came off a. Uh, uh, out right off of a win so they were kind of wore out and everything so but uh man yeah i just i wish i could have that championship game back um do a few things a little bit differently but i just i just think it just came down to uh just being you know the other team being a lot more athletic than we were and them able to finish plays more than what we could what else did you see yesterday let's see um, I will say this, Jordan Lomax, I know we've talked about him a little bit, but he again had a monster, monster day. I think one of his games, he had 29 points um, and was just connecting on threes from the outside. And like, he's just a guy that can score at all three levels pretty well. Um, I mean, when he attacks the basket and his athletic abilities, like a huge advantage of him, um, makes a lot of dunks and everything. And like, he's just really, he's, he's tough for the defense because um, he's just so, I think he's really creative. Um, in a way with the scoring and, you know, size may be just a little issue. He is really, really skinny. Um, but I think his athleticism takes him really far um, on the court. And that was their only game. They lost it. They lost to Spalding. Spalding had, I mean, every, all those top bracket games were good. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking at the scores right now. Literally, as I just click off of it, what the heck? Hold on a second. Um, there was a nine point game. Well, we had a couple of. I was surprised. I, I'll I'll go right to the our our game against the Anderson kids, the Anderson area kids. I I was surprised at how well we played. Now they didn't have Amari Carson, he wasn't there. Uh, I really impressed with with Jacquez Ingram with the way he played the entire league, and he was good yesterday as well. They just didn't have enough. They didn't have enough firepower outside of him. I mean, they had some guys that I think, you know, you, in, a, in a league like that can can get a straighter line to the, the to the paint than what you'd like with the help side that's there. But, I, you know, I thought our guys clamped down on it pretty well, and, and, it, and it, it just got to the point now where as long as we could keep Jaquez from going crazy. And, and look, you know, uh, Jalen Mullen – not Mullen. God, hold on. Um, big fellow from. Um, well, let me get to it here. Let me find it. 
not thinking of Jalen Hooks, are you? No, no, no. Okay. Jalen Murphy. Jalen Murphy. Okay. You know, he's slimmed down. He's and he's getting he's getting to be more mobile. But he's still a strong kid around the basket and, and he he basically just kind of camps out the rim. So he's smooth. Anything short, you gotta get a body on him because he's 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 super long and he's tough to move. Now the flip side of that is you can beat him down the floor, and, and that's you know, Mace Hughes from Lawrence North <laughs> beat him <laughs> early and often. And you, you can kind of run him off the court at certain times. And so that's something that I think as he has slimmed down, he, he's, he's got to get quicker. He's got to change the way. I think you know, this is kind of like the Miles Turner thing when he when the Pacers drafted him. He's got to change the way he runs because he is a different body now than what he had th- two or three years ago. It's a vastly different body for the for the better. And so now he needs to start just outright sprinting and getting up and down the floor. Now, maybe that's not the avenue to do that in, you know, in a, in, you know, in a, in a fall league, maybe that changed. But, but I mean, I watched him enough in school games last year. He's still kind of tiny steps it. He's just got to get longer, more athletic strides and to just take advantage of the fact if he can put pressure on the other team to stop him in transition, even if he's not beating them down, He's at least making them stop him, and he gets to a point in the paint where he can seal and get a body on somebody. I just think he's that much more effective if it if it's able to happen quicker in a possession. You know, and there are other guys, Eric Troutman, good ball handler, struggled to shoot yesterday just because we didn't really give him a whole lot of room. I thought all day we were good defensively. I think the one kid that kind of surprised us was um, was I'm sorry, that was Alex Troutman. The one guy that kind of surprised me was Cedric Anderson. Didn't know much about him, and he had he had a pretty decent stretch against against us. Uh, but but again, kind of once you figure out his tendencies, he spins a lot, you know, into into his shot. He's always trying to get get back to his right. Once the kids kind of figured that out, kind of shut some of that down. Uh, I, I thought we were really good defensively the whole day. Uh, we gave up fifty seven, thirty seven, and. And sixty three and the sixty three wasn't great, but you know that was the third game, and neither team was both teams were kind of suck a win, but but I I really liked I really liked that group the Anderson group as a whole, and they you know they beat Imes and Rickard to start the to start the day, so that's a good a good way for them to start, and we just you know at the end of the day we just kind of were bigger than them in every position, and and. You know, without Carson, they didn't have anybody that could really, truly beat you from the outside. Um, the um, other team we played was uh, was Coach Ware's team, Miles Ware's team. Uh, Taylor Ware had three teams in it. Two of them were varsity caliber. The other two were were uh, JV guys, and and. You know they were that was a, that was a good group too. They had Chase Kaneski from from South Bend St. Joe. He was extremely effective, and and then their other the other guy we focused on was was Cooper Zachary, the eighth grader, who's probably going to be one of the better eighth. He's probably going to be the best eighth grade point guard, or at least one of them. There are a couple eighth graders. Even that Anderson team had an eighth grader on it that that's going to probably see some varsity minutes when he's a freshman. Uh, but he is. Um, yeah, Zachary was a kid. It was, you know, he's good. When you let him free, let him in space, he can shoot it. And, of course, we just kind of, you know, at that point, we just got real physical with him. 
and you know did what you got to do in that situation just not let him breathe and you know the kids didn't take it for granted and they they kind of kind of slowed him down a little bit I, there have been some games this year where he was the best player on the floor i've heard a lot of good things of him yeah so like getting back to the summer mhm there's a lot of video on him out there yeah that's for sure uh, who what was the team was was he uh indy heat this summer no, no, he was Indiana with, Elite. Um, no, he was Ohio. He was with All Ohio Red. Okay, okay, yeah, that's it. Um, I I do know that he was playing up with a freshman uh, yes. group. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, he's a. I've I've actually just in general this eighth grade class. I felt like I just hear more and more about them. Like you know, as like that as like the year goes on. So I'm getting real curious about this uh, eighth grade class, and I'm I'm getting real curious. Uh, well, kind of excited for next year's prep hoops freshman showcase just to see yeah. these guys. As it is with any, there's going to be the the issue is going to be is who do we think still has some more physical development to do, growing yeah. you know growth wise match not development because they all need to get stronger but but maturation wise who's who's closer to their ceiling physically that's going to be that's going to be a big big deal. But all right, who else? Give me another, give me another batch of guys. Yeah, so uh, I think he was on the same team as Ethan Roseman, uh, Ramani Wells, uh, yep. 6'4 power forward from uh, Mount Vernon. Um, really impressed with him as well. Uh, you know, he's a wing right now, but he's got skills, you know, kind of like a guard. He handles the ball very well, can get downhill to the rim, um, where he can use his strength to play through contact. And he can show off a really good mid-range uh, game, just like, you know, Roseman could. Um, he, he's probably one of the more impressive prospects, I think, at the 26th class right now. Um, and I, I think kind of like what I said with Roseman, his teammate, like, I think that he will, uh, um, I think he'll contribute right away with varsity. Um, and then another kid, um, kind of, he's very, very under the radar. His name's Jack, uh, Jack Pierman. Um, he's a, he's a five, five guard, really, really small 2026 from Zionsville. Um, he was playing on the other end of the court. So I don't know how much you got to see out of that, but I think one of the games that, uh, he played in, you were coaching, but he lit it up from behind the arc i mean he was money um and just only being five five it was really impressive he still has got a long ways to go as far as development um just in his overall game his ball handling skills really need some work his, his quickness overall needs some work um probably won't be a kid that he probably won't sniff varsity till about his maybe his junior year probably definitely by the time he's a senior but um he had a really good day and i feel like i should Give him a shout out just by how well he uh, he shot the ball, and I think he even hit a buzzer beater at the end of the game to win one of his games as well. So really good day for him. Which kid you said? I'm sorry. Uh, Pierman. Pierman. Okay. Yeah, from Zionsville. He was on the team that I uh, that I coached the first week. Oh, okay. Yeah, and they ended up winning the uh, uh, their bracket. So the, the JV um, the JV two bracket. The... Yeah, and they uh, and they only had five kids uh, yesterday, so uh, real impressive showing by them. Yeah, I like that the teams that we put together. And I mean by we, I mean me. I mean it's it's, <laughs> it's not that. as dry. It used to be a, like a three a three day process and a lot of angst. I would take it with me to dinner. I would, I mean, I'd have spreadsheets. It was it's a lot easier now when I'm actually just putting together say eleven to twelve teams of kids versus. In 2014, it was 52 teams, and I was still putting together teams, all of them together. Now, a lot of them came in groups. Like, you you know, you knew, like, you know, you, you're doing things in chunks of three, and you, you did kind of link a couple of AAU guys together. So, boom, right away, you had 
most of it was it was pretty easy to get the teams you know get six kids on a team pretty quickly uh but it was it's just trying to fill it out making sure everybody had a really good ball handler making sure everybody had size i mean that was an arduous process and it's just a lot easier now it's one of the nice things about deciding to let teams enter as a team is it's less it's less work on the front end for me less you know less prep work uh for me as far as um the week before now it's a little tougher getting rosters put together because not all these coaches are you know whipping whipping kids over you know they're not putting their rosters out as on a timely basis that we that, that we always need it uh and, and sometimes they bring in i told them i don't mind they they bring in a you know an extra kid or two or they, or they have a couple spots they rotate as long as they're not taking from other teams doesn't bother me we had two rules don't take from other teams unless we're you know desperate somebody needs a sub and don't anybody that plays the final week has to have played it had to have played in the first three weeks in in one of the at least one of the first three weeks so you can't just roll in a, a ringer there at the last the last minute so um I wanted to talk a little bit about um we talked about Aldridge's team I wanted to talk a little bit about coach Maple's team the Maconaqua Peru group and and how those that's Josiah Ball's team that that we we've been raving about Another kid that I think's played really well for them is is Bauer Maple from McConaughey, and and you know they're is going to be good. I think they've got four of their top six guys back from last year. I think you're going to see Ball be a bigger bigger offensive presence for them, but Bauer Maple's going to be right there with them, and, and he was one of their leading scorers last year. Will be again this year. Uh, they've also got the younger Ross brother from from Peru on that team, and his brother graduated last year from Peru and. I mean, Peru was undefeated for a long time last year. And so I think you'll see those incoming seniors at, yeah, they might be juniors at Peru. Um, let me double check that. Um, I think you'll see those guys, you know, they'll certainly take a bigger role. Uh, they're up at um, Peru High School. Let me get that. Yeah, Alex Ross. Yeah, Alex Ross is a junior. And Matt Rodiger, Roker. Is a junior as well. Those two guys both started as sophomores, and both those guys will have bigger roles now that Alex's brother Matt has, has graduated. But McConaughey's three best players from last year. Three, I'm sorry, their three best returning players, Maple, Trace Armstrong, and Josiah Ball were all in the league. And of course, we were both impressed with Ball throughout. And and Maple, of course, was was making plays too. Um, one other team I wanted to talk about kind of touch on as many of these dudes as possible. Um, let's see, Brandon Scott's team. I need to see that one real quick. There we go, Brandon Scott's team. Oh, that's the group that, yeah, that was the one forfeit we had yesterday. It was We had some kids not, it was strange. We had some kids that are normally damn reliable not show up. Um, but, you know, Evan Sutner's team, he had a group of sophomores. Um, no, they're they're freshmen. Yeah, they, there was another group of freshmen that played up, and they like Aldridge's team. You know, we had them in the varsity pools, and they they did pretty well. But they 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 did lose their first game. But but I can't speak enough for how good Trey Shelsky's going to be uh, for for uh, Park Heritage this year. He's a kid that last year that played in the JV pools as an eighth grader, and you know. Chris Spillman, who helped last year, kind of served the role you served this year. He loves Shelsky. And, 
you know, that, and that's, you know, pretty easy to see. I mean, he was scored much more last year on the team he was on than the team he was on this year, but, but he's been, he's been effective and he made some big plays for them to stretch. They lost a one possession game and lost sort of in the final seconds. And, you know, he, it was, you know, but, and Chelsea was the one down the stretch. He was kind of the goat, you know, he was kind of their go-to guy. And, you know, it's, he's going to have a big year for Park Heritage and Park Heritage is going to be, they're going to be pretty young, but in any lumps they take, it's going to be because they're, they are going to be young, but uh, Shelsky, Ren Harper, especially those two guys, Harper's going to be a sophomore. Those two guys should be, Shelsky will lead them in scoring. I'll be shocked if he doesn't. And, and Harper's a really good outside shooter as well. And then they've got a kid that we had another eighth grader, Carter Crumb, who uh, will, will be a varsity kid probably as a freshman next year. Uh, so Coach Shelsky cranking kids out over there at Park Heritage. <laughs> Doing a good job there. What um, else? Anybody? The varsity champion or the, the varsity two championship, Montez Washington's group, they beat Rauch's team, Eric Rauch, there at the. Um, it was, it was, you know, they, they kind of, well, they beat him twice during the year. They beat him during pool play, then they beat him here in the bracket play. Both games were double digits, but. Montez Washington's got himself a nice group. Uh, he's got a couple kids from North Central. His son came on. Come on, Washington goes to Park Tudor. Jackson Bell's a guy that we've talked about a little bit. Uh, they've got Seth Ravia. Th those guys are all juniors. Seth Ravia from Westfield, and then Cole Duncan from Cowan. Uh, it's, it's not a bad group, and if he keeps that group together for AAU next year, they should be pretty good. But but they they were good. They won that varsity two division. We probably should have had them up. I didn't, I guess I didn't necessarily realize they were all juniors. <laughs> <laughs> Probably should have had them up, but um, them and Coach Rauch's team kind of blitzed through their pool games. And and then they ended up meeting each other in the finals. And I thought that was appropriate. And at the end of the day, Washington's group was just a little bit more athletic for uh, Rauch's and, and a year, another year older. So I think that physicality really, uh, really made a difference. All right, what do you got? Let's throw some more out there. Let's see. Two more guys. Uh, one guy I played against in the championship, Martin Nich Nicholson uh, from Franklin yeah. Central, 6'3", small forward, 2026. Um, real solid athletic ability. Um, real lanky. He's got great handles for his size as well. Um, you know, we just had a little trouble with him, just how athletic he was. Um, he takes his defender one-on-one -on -one very well. Um, and he can fight in the paint a little bit. There was times where, you know, there was a few times where they had him in post-up situations, um, and he he did pretty well there. Um, so yeah, big fan of him, and I, I think he's gonna be a he's gonna be a top guy moving forward for the twenty-six class. And then another guy that uh, kind of um, Brandon Ramsey and I kind of talked about maybe just a little bit. And Brandon's got a write-up on him, but I agree with everything that Brandon talked about. Uh, Tanner Teschendorf from Mount mm -hmm. Vernon, twenty twenty-five, yeah. uh, about six six one guard, I would say. Somewhere around there. Um, just a good playmaker, uh, real strong finisher, a good passer. He's got, you know, um, I'd say probably a, a good mid-range jumper um, so far. I mean, he, he's just really good on the drive. That's kind of where he kind of uh, um, makes his money at scoring-wise. But uh, he had he had a pretty solid – I saw him a few times over um, over the last four weeks. I thought he had a pretty solid performance um, each week. So definitely kind of an under-the-radar under radar guy maybe to kind of look at um, in the 25 class. Mount Vernon's going to be young too. They, they graduate a lot of kids. Uh, they 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 do still have Bryden Thal 
who I don't I, I assume he's going to keep playing basketball. You know, he's he's better he's a he's a better football player and I think his primary sport's baseball. I mean, I would be disappointed if he didn't play, but they are going to be young. I wouldn't be surprised if Mount Vernon's four of their top six are three three freshmen and a sophomore. The Teschendorf would be the uh, would be the sophomore, Romani Wells, who you touched on earlier, and then you've got Juju, you got Julian Smith, and then you've got the younger Ertl brother, Michael Ertl's little brother. All three of those freshmen are going to get a lot of varsity minutes this year. So Mount Vernon may take some lumps, but they've got some talent coming up. And you know, looking forward to seeing those guys. What um, I know, you, I know we both got to go. What, what anything? I, I know I didn't ask you this, so that no prep time. Anything you think we could do better from a gameplay perspective? You know, I don't. I really don't think so. I really like the running clock situation. Um, only maybe critique I would have is I, I'd do one minute for the first half. You know, stopping wise, I know we were doing five seconds the first half. That was when the clock would stop. Um, the guy kind of struggled, you know, finishing halves kind of that way and everything can get in rhythm. But I mean, other than that, I mean, not really anything. I mean, I thought the games were all really, for the most part, I thought all the games were pretty competitive um, these past four weeks and everything, especially the championship games. Um, I thought all the teams, you know, eventually built some chemistry, the ones that were just kind of thrown together, um, especially my team, they really started playing well off of each other. So uh, overall, I, I think it was, I think it's a very, very well run. Uh, fall league yeah the five second deal is i don't think anybody wants that clock to stop in the first half um i know the officials don't and and it's also <laughs> a great way for us to stay on time but the five second deal was with just a situation where we had some coaches that were we had some fall league coaches that were fouling at the end of halves to keep the other team from getting off shots and then we had some college coaches get pissed because we're not there to see fall league guys coach uh, so we put the five second rule in so that way you can't just foul let the clock run out or or do something screwy and and you know tap the ball you know no delay a game situations that clock's going to stop and the other team's going to get at least one more possession and, unless of course you know that's less of course you score you know it's just it's just to keep teams from creating a dead ball situation and letting it run out uh, so we get that out and then the final minute is you know the game is what it is we got our little funky foul rules at the end. Uh, we've tried to figure out ways to incorporate the Elam ending. Uh, oh, unfor- unfortunately, that, that creates a lot of uncertainty as to when games end because the Elam ending could go on forever, right? If, right. You know, one, you know, if nobody gets to the whatever the total amount is, uh, if nobody gets there, or if let's say it's a blowout, let's say, and you could put in rules, let's say like if you're within 10, then we do an Elam ending. And if you're not within 10, then the game's over, you know, um, or the team that was behind came back and, and, you know, scored, you know, that just, it just, there was no, there's no way to incorporate that when you've only got our time slots for these games. And, but we we've, we've tinkered with some things the, the thing we've got to do is figure out a way. And this was not an issue with our game, even though the team, even though Spal- coach Spalding's team did zone up, we had a pretty good plan in place when, when teams zoned us, but we had some complaints and it wasn't just his team. Although one of the complaints was about his team. I don't, I honestly, I didn't care. I, but I, I would like to figure out a way to eliminate matchup type zones without putting undue pressure on the officials to be calling. Oh. That's the only reason why we don't, we would say, I mean, I look, I'm, I'm a big packed in man to man guy, you know, we're, 
constantly having three people, you know, two or three people in the paint on defense, even in the fall league. Uh, so I'm sure there's times we look like we're playing a zone or we're not, but just trying to figure out how to do that without putting undue burden on officials, especially younger officials who have never probably coached in a legal de- defense situation. Our, our, our late night crew, we've got typically, although one of them was not able to do it this year because of a uh, family health situation, but our late night crew, we typically have three, three D one guys, and, and, and a G league and, and two guys with G league experience. So we've, we've got really good officials, even though I'm sure sometimes fans and maybe even an occasional coach don't like the way the game's being called. That's just the way it is. But, but the younger guys that, that work those earlier games, not, not that all of them are young, but some of those guys are young, just putting the burden on them to, um, to try to call a legal defense in a folly game seems, seems kind of silly. Uh, someone said shot clock. I don't know of anybody that no, needed, not in this league. Needed a shot no. clock. Um, I'm yelling, "Be patient, be patient!" And we, you know, we go up and get get to the rim or hit a three. Um, I don't know. I any any anybody that's listening, if you got ideas, feel free to DM them. I'm getting ready to to tell you how to do that, as we do every week. Thank you for listening to Court Said Indiana podcast. If you listen every week, we appreciate it. If not, please hit the subscribe or add button on your phone or on your podcast app to get them delivered straight to your phone, tablet, or desktop. As always, we'd appreciate a rating and review. And you can reach us directly on our Courtside Indian and a Twitter and Instagram, primarily Twitter for me at least. Follow us on both platforms at Courtside IND. That's Courtside IND. And Box Out Sports is your leading online graphic solution, giving you the ability to create professional content in seconds to highlight your team and student-athletes this season. You can sign up for a free demo at boxoutsports.com. Kyle, I know we're up against it. What do you got going on this week? Start of college bat. When's IU's first regular season game? It is one week from today, next one Monday. But so they've the got their yeah, they've got their uh, second Start exhibition of, game. The seventh, seventh isn't it? Seventh. Yeah. 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 So, but they've got their second exhibition game on Thursday. Uh uh, which is one that I'm actually looking forward to. Um, it's against St. Francis. You've got oh. Brayton Bailey, uh, son of Damon Bailey, getting to play on there. So um, I, we, uh, you know, spent a lot of time with the Baileys, you know, before when my brother was uh, in high school, he played with Brayton and everything. So it's just really cool to see that, you know, kind of happen, kind of a once in a lifetime type of thing. And I think it's a cool experience for Brayton. So that's a little storyline. I feel like it's kind of been thrown under the radar a little bit. So I'm excited for that one, but then yeah, college basketball. How you get started next week, uh, and then you know sooner or later, high school balls getting ready to get started. So it's about to be busy. I mean, just looking at my schedule right now, it's it's jam packed until about March. And somehow we're going to record several episodes of preview, getting ready for this. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, you did a great job for four Thank weeks you. of doing understudy work and filling in for people. And I, you know, I thought we had everything I think went pretty smoothly except for the gate situation. I think we, we, I, I definitely screwed that up. We'll, we'll have all that <laughs> stuff remedied next year. I think we're going to try to ploy some local high school kids and give them some money, throw some money at them to, to uh, do some of the dirty work and including some, maybe some stats next year. We'll see. Um, and, and that also gets us an extra set of eyes on every, an extra, paid person at every court so right. that 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 helps with things like score key you know score tracking and 
collecting jerseys at the end of the league and just all kind of different things. The, 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 you know, the one year we had COVID at Fishers, we kind of had to have somebody at every court. And it made it really nice because I did. It had somebody at every court who was paid to be there. So it was just nice. like sit. Yeah, we, I would wherever I would be, I'd have my iPad with me, and I could just text them real quick. And it was from an administrative standpoint that COVID year was our the easiest we've ever had it. And I <laughs> I, I do want to get back to that uh, to where we have a paid person at every court, uh, but it does rack up some expenses. It's pretty expensive, even at even at ten twelve bucks an hour for them just. To oh, I can imagine keep score because. It's like an extra 440 bucks a week is what that is. So we're going to figure out ways to mitigate that. And hopefully next year we'll, we'll have some more, more, uh, more help. But anyway, I, I appreciate your time. I want to say that publicly for everybody that, that listens. Uh, if they're listening, they probably were there or, you know, if they weren't too far away, but uh, definitely appreciate the time you put into it. And I'm, you know, looking forward to uh, doing some more podcasting with you on the high school season. And, you know, other than that, I know you're going to be doing pretty thick and IU stuff. So hopefully we still get a crack at getting you on most of the podcasts, if not, not all of them. We'll have to work out a schedule. Yeah, no, uh, I mean, yeah, I just want to say, yeah, thanks for, uh, you know, letting me kind of learn. I learned definitely a lot um, these last four weeks, kind of got to see, uh, always been interested in, you know, how a tournament or a showcase or a pole league is ran. Um, Kind of me being a project manager, my real job, that's kind of stuff that kind of, um, you know, fascinates me a little bit. And I got to dip my toes in some coaching, which I've always been eager to do um, as well. Right. So uh, if you want to, yeah. if you want to coach, let me know. I've got, we've always got people that can use an assistant or two until you get your feet wet and then see what you <laughs> see if you like it. Yeah. I mean, that's something I'm definitely looking at. That's something I want to get into one day. So I, I definitely want to be a coach uh, um, next year at the fall league. I will say that. I'd love to have we, another team again. We need to get the flying tomato up here to, uh, <laughs> so we need to get the flying tomato up here to get get his feet wet. We do. He's got to get. He's got to get back in the game. He's uh, got to get back. He's got to get back in the game. Can't just yeah. Can't just sit down a court and then fish. And although he lives in Terre Haute, so I don't know what the hell. Yeah, he's, he's, he still can't just do that. So yeah, he's got to right. get back in the game. I, we tell him all the time. He's got to get him that. His girl's got to finish. Was she done with her masters yet? Yeah, she's got a job and everything. Uh, nice. So he could be a house know. husband. Yeah, he could be a house husband. She can make she, all the money. She, she uh, she's got a pretty. I forget what it was. That's something. It was some kind of science uh degree or whatever. But she's making quite a bit of money right now. They're just he's living at with her uh and they're, and they're gonna you know save up the money and they're gonna build their own house. So uh, nice. Um, he's got to figure it out. I will say that we give him a lot of crap for uh for all that and everything. But uh, he's a uh, He's uh he's got it figured out. He's on the right track. Yeah, he's a fun kid to give a lot of crap to. Not a kid anymore either. No, he's not. And we're talking about Bronson Kessinger, by the way. Ah, ah yeah, yeah, ruined it. I keep the mystery <laughs> of it all. Anyway, all right, all right, Kyler. Good, good talking. We'll uh we'll definitely talk again next week, and we'll start getting these figuring out when we're gonna do these previews too. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. All right, Kyler. Thanks.